0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Moded Studios Embroidered Patches and Apparel. Go to ModedStudios.com to find all the latest and greatest in patches and apparel. Some of my favorite patches that I personally like is the Spam Musabi Sushi Japanese Hawaiian Asian Foodie Food Patch uh, <laughs> I like it It's it, There's nothing like Spam Musabi To get your day going uh, I also like the West Coast West Coast California uh, San Francisco Los Angeles Embroidered Patch It's the West Coast baby It looks like North Face But it says the West Coast Go to ModedStudios.com M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S Dot They're always updating their website and they do custom work. ModedStudios.com. Go out and get yourself some. Now on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of We Speak English Good Podcast. Today's guest is Kay Edmonds. Kay Edmonds is a actress. She is a vocalist. She is an improver. She, I mean, she just does it all. And uh, I, met, uh, I met Kay through the Purple Rose Theater Company, in which my wife, Raina Mystique, uh, she works sometimes as an understudy. And, uh, I mean, she is just a fantastic actress. And, and just, like, she has a hell of a voice. You know what? You're going to find out all about Kay in just a few moments. But first... Let's talk about rainamystique.com. R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Go check out the latest single, Chloroform. Uh, this is a wonderful collaboration between Reina Mystique and The Concrete Project, who is no longer with us. Not that they died or anything, but they the band just doesn't exist or anything. That that's all. Anyways, it's a great song. Go check it out. Also, uh, Raina is doing a weekly Twitch show, which she does. I think she does like three or four things a week. Like today, she's doing it at four, and today is a Wednesday. So, if you're hearing this, Wednesday she does. She's twitching at four. I'll put the link in the show notes, which it's just twitch.com slash Rain of Mystique and uh, go check her out. She she has a whole schedule. Yesterday she went on at noon um, and then of course Sundays. Quarantine Sundays. I hope you guys like that in the feed. I stopped putting them in the feed because I just wanted you guys to get a taste of it. We're going to keep that primarily a Facebook or we're thinking about moving it to Twitch. So we're going to keep those uh, a, a kind of a live video thing and keep this separate. But uh, I'm having fun doing the quarantine Sundays. It, it's just so if you guys are missing, you guys are missing out if you're not seeing. If you like the show, check the check out the quarantine Sundays. We're doing it on Facebook Live every Sunday 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can follow me at, on We Speak English Good on Facebook or on Instagram at We Speak English Good, and you'll see the feed there. Well, I'll I will also be sharing the 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 broadcast on my personal page mike Epp, or, or facebook.com sweaty baloney and uh and of course facebook.com random mystique she'll be sharing it on her page as well so go check it out uh you can also like subscribe review so we already talked about we speak english good is on Uh, Facebook and Instagram so you already liked us so subscribe uh, subscribe to us on YouTube we have awesome tutorials Uh, subscribe to us on Apple iTunes because we have awesome podcasts Uh, anywhere you get your podcast subscribe and then please leave a review it helps us be found in this giant sea of podcast those those reviews help uh, uh, bring us to the light Uh, anyways uh, like, subscribe, review if you like. Uh, you could also write the show at we speak English Good at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking, how we're doing. Uh, wh- how are you holding up during this pandemic? Like, what are you doing creatively? I've been asking uh, all my guests what they've been doing creatively to sort of uh, figure out, you know, just to get past this 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 situation we're in so w- what are you doing creatively to uh, to get past this pandemic to to uh, you know to feel like yourself again and feel like things are somewhat normal what what is it that you're doing right now that uh, write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com right now I am undergoing I am finally doing the website expansion project so I am adding Oh, my God. I'm adding all the, the, the podcasts, all the episodes individually on its own page. I'm learning how to build a website. And I don't know if anybody's had this problem, but if you've had this problem, please let me know how to fix it. It's fucking... I, um, I don't know what I did, but now uh, the episodes, pages, and, and uh, I know there's something that has to do with the SoundCloud player on the Squarespace page is just not conducive, is non-conducive to mobile. So like it works on the laptop, works on desktops, but not on the mobile. Uh, So it's just, it's driving me nuts. I don't know what went wrong. I might have to go back through and I'm not even done posting all the episodes on there and I got maybe about 50 and oh my God, it took me, you know, for the last two days. That's really all I've been doing is just sitting there, data entry types of So if you guys know the solution, please write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. Uh, also you can just reach out to us on, on social media and that, that works too. So, uh, anyways, that's enough out of me. Let's get over to K, And, uh, we had this wonderful conversation a few weeks ago. Uh, this was more towards the beginning of the pandemic. So, uh, it, it if we sound like we were, things are just happening, it's because it's just happening. Uh, I'm about, what is it, I'm about the six or seven, I don't know, I, I have to count it, but uh, I'm about six or seven weeks behind, so anything that we're talking about is about six or seven weeks behind where we are currently. Um, that's just how the show goes. I'm sorry, I wish it could be more current, but this is how it is. You know what? I take my apology back. I don't, this is just how it is, folks. This is just... How it is, anyways, I'm sorry for taking my apology back. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, fuck this shit. okay, let's get over to K Edmonds. K Edmonds, actress, vocalist, improvised, writer, everythingist K Edmonds. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good. <laughs> Good as one can be when um forced to stay inside your house. <laughs> right, with the shutdown,
1: quarantine, social distancing. Yeah. Like
0: how is that for you? How how are you holding up just personally in in the house and uh it, it, with I know you have a daughter, a beautiful young girl. Uh how how has it been?
1: How you been hanging in there with all this? Well, let's just say that I was barely sane before this endeavor, (laughs) and you have met Kimmy, so you know that she is also not
0: sane. (laughs) She's she's vibrant.
1: Yes, that is a great way of putting it. I hide in the bathroom a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. She
1: goes, Mommy, you're pooping again? I'm like, yes. Yes, mommy For needs the to next poop again. three weeks at least, I'll <laughs> be pooping Oh, <laughs> uh, well
0: that well, okay. So personally it has been a little trying. I don't Bishop uh be I mean, and you've met Bishop and he is very bi- vibrant in his own right. And last night yeah. he was he was like cause he's used to just being on a hundred all the time. So being contained like this is kind of he's actually taking it well, but there's moments where he's just sitting there Uh, Well, he's standing in front of the couch and just banging his head and bouncing it off of the off of the the couch cushion like violently, though. And going, "Uh, uh, uh," and he was doing this for like minutes.
1: It was minutes.
0: And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, it's no big deal. He's just got to let this energy out. But for whatever reason, it was just grinding my gears like to the fucking bare bone. And I was just, I just wanted to be like, fucking stop. (laughs) but at the end of the day you know he's going through it with me we're all going through this together and exactly i can't just start flipping my shit because he's just trying to release a little energy so maybe i should go into the bathroom (laughs) maybe i need to go poop a lot
1: It's a good hiding place. And I work out like two to three times a day now because otherwise I'll be bouncing off the walls just like she is. She's perfected her indoor uh, round off. So she's doing cartwheels and her round offs and she's perfected them at this point. So
0: that's great. That's great. I love that. Um, So, so you've been, so you've been working out, you're making the best of your time. So I I would like to talk to you uh, from from an artistic standpoint Mm -hmm. because We're talking to Kay Edmonds today, and Kay is a resident artist at uh, the Purple Rose Theater in Chelsea, Michigan, which is a very renowned theater in the in the region. Um, she's, uh, I I think Raina told me, and just in passing, that you uh, graduated from uh, uh, Second City Chicago. Is that correct?
1: No, I graduated from the Detroit location. Oh, actually. oh, see, she's full of shit. Of, full of shit of again. TV.
0: Okay, okay, but <laughs> but you went through the which which totally like rings out in my head because I just started taking uh, improv classes. So we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And then also, Kay is a fantastic singer, a voice teacher, uh, a, a vocal coach, uh, a, a photographer. You have your own media company. You are I a worker. So I, I just want to know, with all this shutdown, how have you been creative? What have you been doing to sort of you know, let out all this, all this emotion that's uh, that's happening right now collectively as a world.
1: Understood. I think honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. So the gravity of a lot of what this is, I think, is kind of just settling in on me, and which it may be with a lot of people. Uh, as of today, um, it equals one week since I've been. Off Well, I'm sorry, tomorrow, Thursday will be one week total that me and my daughter have both been um, just off. And so part of me was kind of, it's kind of just getting my mindset together because I do suffer from anxiety and depression. And a lot of times that is a creative block. So I've been focusing in my creativity in uh, helping my daughter get adjusted, uh, getting a routine going, being creative with how uh, like we just talked about uh, how to uh, discipline or allow her to be creative, let's say, um, without like stifling her because I know we're inside and, and she misses her school friends. So a lot of my energy has been focused on getting that together. Um, but I have been really having a hankering for creating, and so I've been—I'm going to be releasing some uh, positive things, uh, some some songs um, that I just have really been feeling in my spirit. They're not necessarily mine, uh, but hopefully that'll feel something from that. Uh, my daughter—we have instruments here, so my daughter has been able at least to uh, play on our keyboard and. Uh, We sing all the time. We make up little songs and ditties. So I've been getting her used to being on camera a little more. So we're going to release some things. So I've got a few things in the works uh, creatively that I'm looking forward to getting out. Uh, Can I talk about this awesome Facebook group that I belong to? Um, We can talk about whatever you want. Great. Uh, It's called Art I Created During the Coronavirus. Are you in there, Israel? in there. I'm not sure, um, but
0: I, I think she is because she was showing me some stuff um, yeah. but what what is it again?
1: I'm writing it down. It's art I created during the creoole uh, coronavirus. And I am so amazed and just flabbergasted and and honored to be a part of this group because the things that people are putting out is just inspiring. So my recommendation, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling uninspired, if you're like in a creative muck and just kind of stuck is to go and get some inspiration because there are some amazing people. And it reminds me, I think really of why we're all doing this Um, because each of us have like these little gems that you may not have even known were there there um and everybody is important so we do have to work together and just come on and sit here I know it's hard for us because we a go 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 gadget society but now is the best time to be able to just sit here because we can get even more connected social media has really become social media because of this so um it's really very interesting um the whole process but I'm looking forward to see what kind of art I turn out and what uh, what the rest of the world turns out because it's been some awesome things so far.
0: Hell yeah, man! I I've been seeing so many people, like so many musician friends of mine and artist friends of mine. Just like from the first Monday, where people were really was sinking in that that mm-hmm. this is happening. Uh, just from the beginning, they just ran at it, it just face first, and they're 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 doing remote recording with each other, doing collaborations. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, uh, there's websites and musician friends who own websites who are are starting, uh, uh, a uh, um, uh, fun for musicians who are out on their ass because we all lost our jobs unanimously, right? As a world, all the musicians yeah. of the world just lost their jobs. All
1: the artists, artists, all the artists. Yes,
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's right. I can't exclude. I can't just say musicians, but all the artists because you yeah. were, you were, because uh, you were signed up for the the roses next uh, next production, right? And then we they, don't
1: even get to finish ours.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right that's right well you were you were in road signs which was the latest Mm -hmm. one and then you were also going to be in the next production correct
1: i was understudying the next one you're understudying so you were gonna understand
0: but so you didn't get to finish your run and then you Mm -hmm. also didn't get the i know you guys had a couple rehearsals but then it got cut completely so i mean (laughs) artists all over the world have just lost their jobs but i've been loving how people have been handling it and and just using this time to really create and, and connect on, a, on, a, on, a, on another level outside of like actually connecting in
1: person. Um, I I feel like it almost forces us to connect even more because now we're almost forced to hone in on social media on what really matters and what is spreading positivity and spreading light versus just going on there and it being superficial. Oh, let me just pump what I'm doing real quick. I'm not looking at what others are doing. We have nothing but time and opportunity now to really see what people are doing out here. And, And it really is inspiring, at least from what I've been seeing. so
0: yeah totally totally uh it's good to see this uh to see this whole situation uh, as a positive and i know there's gonna be a lot of negative that comes with it but I, i was just i've been talking to this to a lot of people about this you know pandemic and um we all come to the conclusion it's like well maybe this is a you know this is a horrible thing that's happening now um but maybe it's not the end of something maybe it's the beginning of something better you know maybe it's that maybe it is the end of something we knew but now it's the beginning of something that may might be better who knows it might be better Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of glomming on to that point that maybe it's a reset maybe it's a this is a time for us to sort of reflect and and figure out like what it really means to be a human and uh, mm-hmm. and what it really means to contribute to society other than you know I'm just blasting what I'm doing and you know mm-hmm. or, or spitting venom at people online and not uh, uh, you know anonymously uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's mm-hmm. a lot there's a lot to the internet that um that's destructive, but uh maybe we can find some kind of uh i don't know some kind of light at this <laughs> on the end of this tunnel um have you um, i i, I you, you said that you suffer from depression, anxiety, which is something I suffer from as well. Um, mm-hmm. On the creative side,
1: uh, uh, you said that it was a block for you. Uh. Every now and then, yeah, when I'm actually in the thick of it, it mm. will be more of a block. Um, but then when as I'm coming out of it, it will be uh, it's it's like the veil has been lifted, and um the juices are flowing again, which um, for me is one reason why it's really important for um, to try and make sure I have it under control. Uh, because it does block so much, and I don't feel like myself when I can't create. When I'm really itching to, and that's when I need to create the most, you know.
0: Yeah. What What have some of the ways that you sort of developed over the over time, uh, just getting to know yourself and knowing your your condition, um, do, have you sort of uh, learned how to circumvent that, or at least try to? Um, not be so deep because i know what you're talking about how sometimes when those when the when depression comes on like you can almost feel it a little bit Mm -hmm. um like sometimes for me i'll just wake up and i'm in it and i'm just like oh Mm -hmm. great well this is my day or whatever it is uh what are some things that you've learned over the years to sort of circumvent or at least not go full blown into it
1: um, I have been blessed enough to be given a tool, and i it, I don't even know if they knew they were giving it to me, and it was going to um, impact how I handle my um mental health, but it really I teach it to all of my students as well, and I'll pass it on to you guys. I think a lot of people uh don't believe in its power, but the power of your mind to manifest um, things, especially within your own body, is very powerful. So uh, one thing I learned, and I learned it at the Purple Rose um, with our artistic director Guy Sanville, um, who is a a wealth of knowledge, and it's not necessarily theatrical knowledge, it's just a wealth of knowledge of understanding uh, one's artistic self, I would say um he's they teach a technique called firing the judge and it sounds um very trivial or juvenile in a lot of ways but if you delve deeper into it in your meditations or um your self analysis it it really does everything. Um, we are our own worst critic, um, in, especially being an artist and being able to just get out of our heads about it and how it's going to be received or how, what the outcome is or what how we look as we're in the process, whatever, whatever um, distraction is in your mind and dis- uh, destroying that creativity before it even begins you fire it. You get rid of it right away. As soon as you wake up multiple times during the day, whenever you feel it creeping in. And I, I have noticed that it, mine is a creeper. I won't necessarily wake up just in it. It'll be, um, you can see the incline of it, the increase coming day after day. Like, okay, I feel it coming. I'm trying to shake it off. It won't go anywhere. But um, really, just sitting and meditating on firing that judge and firing that negative energy, uh, bringing in only positive, and trusting myself um, as a human and as an artist. Uh, not to, to trusting myself to be able to just be and create, and whatever comes out is beautiful and magical because it, it was born from my beauty and my magic if that makes any sense at
0: all <laughs> that does make sense no uh, it's you know like uh, i've heard that phrase fire the judge before uh, because reina obviously she's mm-hmm. she's been understudying for a few productions up at the road so she's been picking up on that and mm-hmm. i i feel like the, the the like one of the important parts of that is is presence is bringing yourself to presence it's because what mm-hmm. you're doing by firing the judge is you're you're by firing the judge, you're you're telling those bad thoughts, of those insecure thoughts. is like, man, I fucked that line up, or I missed that mm-hmm. note, and I'm fucking, I'm a loser, I'm, a, I'm worthless, I'm a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You're firing that judge. You're saying, we're going to ignore those thoughts. Those thoughts are there, and we're not going to give them any power. Those, those exactly. thoughts, fuck those thoughts. And we're going to bring ourselves to now, and we're going to concentrate on right this moment. And that's what I love about that is because that's been my journey too. Is that I, I quit drinking alcohol and taking hard drugs, and all of a sudden I I realized I was a an angry asshole, and so <laughs> so um, you know, like it took it's taken me since thirty. I'm thirty six, going on thirty seven right now, and it's taken me since then to now, to actually kind of have maybe sort of a grip on all of it. Uh, I don't know. It, it like drug abuse was a, a good block for me to not deal with mm-hmm. all the things I should have been dealing with as a 20 year old uh, in my 20s, um, you know, but uh, I whatever we figure it out as we go. But that's what I love about the judges, the presence, the idea of presence. And you, you mentioned meditation. Do you, you meditate frequently?
1: I meditate and I pray as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely pick up on energies I have since I was little and I'm really blessed to have grown up in a family that is about spirituality and energies and, um, you know, learning what's toxic as well. Who's toxic? What is toxic, um, for you is what, as far as energy wise. And, um, you know, I've had my stint in the drug culture, um, I'm not going to lie about it. It's not, I'm not uh, ashamed of any of it because I've met some wonderful people in it. And I feel like in a lot of ways, um, I've been a beacon of light to them because I do have spirituality through all of it. You know what I mean? But um, it's really important. I feel to get uh, grounded and to, like you say, be in the present and by meditating or praying, um, taking that time to just be calm and be still, Um, and receive what the universe is trying to give to you is a a big help because a lot of times we fight uh, what we're really out here meant to do or people would discourage us from things. And as artists, I think we we feel that and see that a lot in society because unfortunately, artists are still looked at um, in an unprofessional way. We're not highly respected. You know, the, the starving artist, the lazy artists, uh, the slacker, like a lot of those things come to mind when someone says, oh, I do music or I'm an actor or I, you know, whatever I do, or, you don't want to get a real job often comes to a lot of people's minds. Um, So it's devalued our crafts in a lot of way. Um, So knowing that a lot of times the universe is providing for you exactly what you need to be able to do this thing, because without artists, the the humanity is lost. And for those people who can't do what we do, uh, they have to know that we're a necessity, that this is needed for all. And, and I, I feel that with the coronavirus quarantine and the rising of the these um, outlets for artists to share, there's many people who are on there who aren't artists. They're just absorbing all of this powerful, positive energy that is needed because they can't produce it themselves. So taking that time to just really sit back and being able to look within yourself and connect it with your art is uh, a beautiful centering thing for a lot of people and a lot of artists. So I just, you know, recommend doing it regularly. Yeah, absolutely. It's changed my
0: life. And, um, and also the idea, I think you were kind of touching on it, but like, staying positive i think you're kind of saying that it was like keeping positive keeping keeping the the positive energy going in your life And, and and as silly as some people might think it sounds like this positive manifestation of your destiny or whatever um you know people think of the secret right they think of the secret and and they think it's all woo woo shit Um, You know, I I think there's a huge difference between, you know, throwing a Maserati and a mansion on a poster board and slapping that to your wall and just staring at every day and just being like, that's going to be my life. That's me. You know, I'm visioning. That's my vision, boy. That's going to happen. And actually standing back and taking time to observe what you're doing, being self-critical, but in a, in a positive way, getting better at whatever you're trying to do, and, 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 and focusing your energy, and staying positive within that to achieve your goals. Uh, it, it, there's a huge difference between just a, a, a vision board and someone who is really trying to just, they're, they're staying positive and they're staying focused, and and And
1: staying on the path that they're they're choosing to go down um, putting that intent behind it is definitely has that intent and that motion, that movement has to be there
0: right. exactly. The intent can be there all you want. but if there's no motion with it, it, there's nothing really going on. You know, I like that you're kind of touching on something that I talk about. Uh, not a lot, I guess, but it, it has something to do kind of with the menta- uh, Midwest mentality. I feel like it's Midwest mentality because I've lived in California, and there's, uh, there's a there's different vibes on the on different coasts, you know. So mm-hmm. um, Midwest is very valued in this, like, hard work, right? Like Detroit is the, the center of the automotive industry, or at least was at one point. And, mm-hmm. you know, and people... Uh, are proud and, and people who built those cars and, and it's proud people who go to work every day and punch the clock. And even if they hate their fucking job, you know, they're they're doing it anyways. And then, then they come home and that's what they teach us. And then one day your kid comes to you and he says, hey, I want to be a singer or an actress or, or a, you know, whatever it is. And they're like, that's stupid. That's not real. You (laughs) don't, you know what I mean? Like this is, you know, like plan. like, okay, maybe if your parents aren't complete assholes, they'll be like, okay, I'll buy you a guitar or whatever. But don't, it's always like this, you know, have a backup plan, go to college, do something, you know, Mm -hmm. like find something else that's solid. So you, so when you inevitably fail at being an artist at what you really are happy and passionate about when you know mm-hmm. when you're going to fail at that you'll have some miserable job to go to so you know
1: and a s- lot of student loan debt and a lot of s- to make sure you go there
0: <laughs> exactly to make sure that you're locked in 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 modern day you know corporate slavery so it's a, yeah. uh so it's a I feel like that that there's a huge part of that in the Midwest, that mentality of hard work and like the idea of dreaming is sort of beyond, you know like the scope of, of, of reality here. Um, and, and unfortunately, there's a lot I feel like there's a lot of artists around here that probably get snuffed out at an early age um just by you know parents or people around them who are talking I I mean I don't know do you do you agree with that and the only reason why I brought that up is because you were kind of mentioning that and and then you know like out in California it's not really like that like people in California or people out west have this idealism there's this huge idealism I mean I mean a lot of it has to do with there's a lot of money out there and you know and the economic situation but I feel like there's more idealism out there than there is sort of in the Midwest. But that's just my personal view. I'm just curious on how you feel about it.
1: I could, I could totally understand why you would see it that way, especially having been here a few years, coming from out there. Because Oh, the no, no, Midwest, I'm from here.
0: I'm from Toledo. Oh,
1: that's right. You are from yeah, Toledo. Yeah, I'm from here. I, I
0: I escaped from here, and then I, and then I made my it. way back. Well, I was totally drugged here by my that. wife.
1: Yeah, so it's, I, your, yeah, it's your wife who uh, didn't have any of the Midwest experience. Right? Exactly. Now so, she's the
0: one who's all like, it's so wonderful out here. In which I'm not going to yes. say it's not, okay? She's it's so, it's nice. So it. It. I,
1: I'm enjoying my time
0: back, so... <laughs> I'm sorry. Well,
1: let me just say, you know, I had opportunities to leave several times. And um, as an only child, I tell people all the time, like, I can get go so easy, which I can because I didn't, you know, it was just me and my mom. I didn't have a lot tying me down or anything. I didn't have, a, a like, a career, so to speak, where I'm losing 401ks or whatever. So the what one of the things that kept me here in Detroit is... Um, that sense of hard work and that pride, that sense of pride. I have a very strong pride, um, but I have a lot of pride in our area. And um, in the early 2000s, when we were going through something, the state of Michigan called brain drain, um, it was when a lot of uh, opportunity wasn't existing here in a lot of different fields. And so people were, as soon as they graduated college, were getting out of here and we're going elsewhere. And I felt almost a, a cosmic uh, social responsibility to stay because I said, if everyone leaves, who's trying to do something good who's trying to do something positive who's trying to impact the next generation if all of them leave and take it elsewhere where, where does that leave us and I really feel um when people receive any kind of clout or influence whether it be um they become influencers online or they become um, artists uh actors directors writers etc that they need that they should bring it back to where who raised them, to what raised them. So bring it back to the communities that they're from. So I felt a sense of pride in wanting to make sure that this next generation gets what it needs to survive and to thrive um, and not just take it all away and, and have someone else benefit from the hardcore Detroit mentality, Midwest lifestyle that has raised us. Um, give, we have this tough skin, but it's a lot of love under it. So with that being said um i feel that it's not that we don't have dreamers because look at the midwest mentality of business ownership uh look at the um black community and uh, minority communities especially of um business ownership mentality they want to own a store own a business own a company own us a, a service based good based um business that caters to their community. That's a a mentality of a dreamer. You know, the American dream is is still alive, I feel, in the Midwest. I think the dreams are most definitely different. And I think the um, action behind the dreams are different because here it's about a plan. Um, I think a lot of artists get shot down by uh, non-artistic thinkers because they don't see the plan. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to just hang out on the street corner in downtown and sing songs? You know, if, if they don't have that understanding of your plan, then they aren't going to be able to get behind it anyway. And you can't fault them for that. But definitely being positive and uh and and intentful and having the movement. So now you learn the business, you learn, you work the business and work it just like you work a job, if not harder. And that's, what's really going, you hustle, you got to have your hustle on in any kind of arts. And I think that's where it goes awry with people understanding what it is we do or want to do when someone says, Hey, I want to be an artist to their dad, who's been working on the line for the past 30 years. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, totally, (laughs) and and, you know, like, in no way or shape or form was I trying to shit on this area, you know, like, fucking, in the, when I left, it was exactly what you were saying, it was the early 2000s, brain drain, like, I was like, I'm fucking out of here, there was, there was nothing for me here, the music scene in Toledo was dismal, and
1: I oh, wasn't, I
0: you know, like I just wasn't connecting to anything here, and I, and plus I was shooting like tons of shit in my arm, so
1: <laughs> it yeah, was that's like, never <laughs> good for your mental clarity. No, so
0: like <laughs> I figured a new start would be great, um, which I just ended up taking my problems out there, which is what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other, but but you're right, like you're right with the plan. I think the problem is, is that. <clears throat> Art isn't really appreciated, like you were saying. It's not appreciated, mm-hmm. and so therefore, no one takes time to curate the ideas that go along with it, and 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 the form, and and how to uh, make it as an mm-hmm. artist, and and so that's largely ignored. So all you have is this kid who has this idea, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that wants to just do this, and and then you have parents who've been working on the line for thirty years who are just like, no, that's that's crazy. Like you, you we. I think the problem is, is the education part of being an artist and, and mm-hmm. it, it needs to be, a. Li- I think it, the bottom line and the fundamental problem is the actual appreciation as a society of art. It's like, we want to consume yeah. it all day long, but goddamn, we don't want to give it any kind of credit. We don't want to give it any kind of validity as a life, you know, like it, it's a, it's a very
1: strange relationship that America has with art. Um, I think it's an arrogance because, um, okay, you know, Kimmy's dad is a stand-up comic. So, uh, he, uh, we often have conversations about how everyone thinks that they can do what he does. You know, yeah. Oh, I can, I can tell you tell jokes. I can tell jokes. <laughs> you know, everyone thinks it's funny, but meanwhile, they don't know that there's a form to that as well. There's a form to building a joke. There's, um, with a time in which you, you say the funny line, you know, there's a buildup to that. So it's, it's almost an arrogance. I think when it comes to the arts mm. and those types of things that people are like, Oh, I can do that. Cause you even see it with sports. Although, you know, going back to the gladiator days, those are still the highest paid professions because <laughs> I guess, Oh, muscles, hmm, you know, but I respect both of those things. Cause look at our dancers, those dancers are just as athletic, and just as strong in, in many other ways, if not stronger, yeah. than a lot of those top athletes and they still see it as, you know, something totally different. So I, I'm with you. The the stereotype of, of what that means to be an artist in this society would definitely have to change. But I do feel as a lot of it is the arrogance of thinking that they can do the same thing you do, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I, I never thought about it like that. But I, there is definitely this arrogance to it. Definitely uh when uh you know like when you start finding out what goes into it so let's actually back up for a second so when did you uh when did you start getting into um i don't know into arts you you're such a multifaceted talent i i don't even know what became first so what kind of came first first in the arts world And, and do you come from an artistic family
1: I do come from an artistic family. My um, family uh, was very heavy into music. My aunt played piano for the church for a while. Uh, my mom sings still. Uh, she's always had stage fright, though, so she does more things with choral music and choirs. She had, um, actually uh, went, was in Europe <laughs> with a choir and, um, she let her tell it. She'll say a hundred hundreds of years ago. But <laughs> um, so I grew up hearing music and partaking in music all the time. My mom also played guitar, um, and she was a camp counselor when she was little. When she was in college, so she was just a fun mom. We had a lot of fun. We sang a lot of songs. They'd be like camp goofy songs. But uh, her. Ear is impeccable, and you know I, I picked up on it. And she was an alto, and I was a soprano, just by fate. So I always have someone to harmonize with me. Oh. Um, growing up, we would, you know, sing musicals. She was big into musical theater, and um, I that was uh, my my. She says that I was singing before I could talk, <laughs> and I could believe it because my daughter has done the same thing since I've had her. She'll be six in July, but. Uh, she was doing the same thing. So music has always been a part of me. And I branched out. I remember at three years old, I was in a production in preschool and it sounds, you know, stupid when you think about it, but it was on a stage and people came and I had to memorize lines and where to go and things. And I remember it was the greatest day of my life. And ever since then, I've wanted to do everything musical theater specifically, uh, incorporating music as with, uh, acting. Um,
0: with, uh, with, with, with like your anxiety and stuff, was this something that came, she popped up at an early age for you? Uh, and I'm only bringing this back up again because of how it co- correlates with your, your, your artistic pursuit. Um, no,
1: cool. I, uh, I'm an open book when it comes to this because mental health is one of my passions as far as, uh, making sure that people are recognizing how many people are really affected and how it affects people, yeah, me too. You know, It's you know, so much stigma still. But, um, mm. I, I was actually talking with your wife and another, uh, super awesome artist friend of mine, um, that I had the realization that I've had anxiety for as long as I can remember. Um, and it's kind of amazing i remember you know like any school social social anxiety more so um school functions like having to deal with peers and in large groups but i would I'll, i remember like pumping myself up kind of as a kid like okay i'm just going to go see what they're doing cuz i'm nosy and i go over and i spark up a conversation indirect attack to that feeling cuz i didn't like that nervous gross sick feeling i would get when i was around a lot of people so i was termed a social child, but a lot of it was curiosity. But I had to force through that anxiety to even allow it to flourish.
0: so wow, that that's so that's that's I was just talking my the, the actually the release today i um <clears throat> I was talking to that guest about that same thing is like recognizing it as a young kid. And I actually recognized where it came from. I remember being a little kid and, and thinking, like, man, my mom is so anxious all the time. And not in those words, obviously, but just recognizing mm-hmm. that feeling and seeing it, recognizing it in my mom and understanding that that sort of was taught to me in some mm-hmm. weird kid way of understanding that. And then, right. and then forcing myself to confront situations that made me sweat. I, I used to get so nervous, I would have the shits. I would have to go shit, yeah. like diarrhea shits, and I would be, and I was plus I was like three hundred pounds in high school, so like I was like, Aww, it was the bubble gut. Oh, dude, it was not- <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but it was just you know like so i had a lot of anxiety that and, and i still do it's just it's it's a part of my life forever but uh, mm-hmm. i that's what i was kind of curious on is like did you ever was it ever a problem for you in your pursuits especially in the early days for you to uh you know get on stage and to you know express yourself um but it doesn't seem like it was you're just saying that you forced yourself through that
1: i did but I, that's more like regular social situations. Right. right. To actually go on stage. And this is why I still love it to this day. I, I would all I was never me. I wasn't Kay. Yeah. I wasn't me when I was on stage. I was the first play I did in, in preschool. This little girl lost her balloon. And her friend shared it with them and then they skipped away happy. And I was the little girl that lost my balloon and I had to fake cry and all of that. I wasn't, I, that wasn't me. And it was freeing in a lot of ways. And, and, you know, that probably goes back to what we were discussing earlier about, um, how drugs provide that escape for a lot of artists and people. Mm. Um, but specifically artists I concentrate on cause we're sensitive nine times out of 10 and really have to watch those kinds of things. But, um, we it 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 was freeing it, because I didn't have to be me. I don't have to worry about. And I've always been heavy. set. you know, I'm thick and juicy now and I'm confident in my thick and juiciness. But, uh, you know, growing up in the 80s, it wasn't the, the, it was always the funny f- flopping around fat friend. It wasn't the, the, the on the shows that we watched, the fat friend wasn't the one getting the, the cute guy or, you know what I'm saying? If, if you weren't funny and fat, then you're just even worse. You're either the nerd or you're funny. And that was the two choices you had as the yeah. fat friend. So, um, you know, I, I didn't have to worry about all that. I, I didn't, I felt confident because it wasn't me on stage. It was someone else. And then as I've grown as an artist, I've learned that it is still always me and I've appreciated and seen the beauty in myself that I might not have even seen if I hadn't played certain parts on stage. It would have taken me longer to see it just as myself versus being able to tap into this character that I later realized is beautiful a lot like me.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and like I imagine, as you get older and you understand your craft a little more, you start to you're able to sort of use those anxieties and those 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 feelings in your performance. So they, they almost become tools. I imagine. I'm not an actor, so I I can't put myself completely there, but I imagine that these sort of insecurities itself kind of inform you on a character or or, you know, entire role. You are saying uh, something about uh, how all you saw as a kid is the, you know, the 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 bigger girl being the funny one or the nerd. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you ever come into a problem? I mean, because that's a typecast, and so I'm just mm-hmm. curious if that has ever been a problem for you. Oh, um, most
1: definitely, yes. I've um, taken acting classes where they said, you've got the talent, just lose the weight um and which would almost make me indignant like well here's the problem with that I've always been this size like ever since five years old I don't remember not and even at five I see pictures four and five I still had a big dunk. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's in my genes it's not I, I mean people who know me I work out literally like four times a week maybe like the past couple of weeks it's been like six and seven because what <laughs> else do I have to do so so you know I all my numbers are good it's I'm not necessarily the stereotypical out of shape unhealthy heavier person and then there's a lot of us out here who are like that who can still do cartwheels and all that crazy stuff with everyone else but um It it made me indignant. It made me say, no, because I'm beautiful the way I am and you guys need to catch up. And it's not just because my mom told me, like, I started to believe it myself because I I know that there's many people who are going through the same thing. And it's not that's why there's so many people, unfortunately, dying because of these plastic surgeries and these gastric bypass surgeries. I, I lost Uh, a friend last year to a a botched gastric bypass. And it's just tragic to me that we're cutting ourselves down. A friend of mine lost her cousin to a botched plastic surgery. Um, You know, it's, it's running rampant out here. And it's, it's, it's really just made me more adamant to continue to be me. Um, You know, as an African-American woman um, and going into auditions and I don't talk like how maybe the they perceive I should speak, although the character doesn't say a ghetto girl or something or someone from, who's uh, from the projects or someone, you know, that stereotypical uh, black impoverished woman. I'll read it how I read it and they'll say, oh, go ahead and make it your own. <laughs> and that's a big problem. Well, what is my own? You see my skin color and you assume that I'm going to talk like the stereotype. but I technically was raised in the suburbs. Every, everybody in my family talks like this. Nobody really talks like the way that you're thinking I should speak. So, you know, those typecasts are, are a big problem. Um, but I stay true to myself. I stay true to my craft. Um, and I think that's uh, the most important message is to stay true to yourself. Don't sell yourself out if you don't feel comfortable changing your, yourself for a, a role don't do it you know if you don't feel comfortable doing it don't do it you don't you can you can change the market the market can follow you you don't have to change with it yeah the market will be created for you yeah, and
0: that's what's so great about what's happening now. Um, you know, with with the woke movement, and I know there's a lot of criticism of it, and um, and and I've been critical about it of just while people, just you know, like controlling what people say. Um, you know, not not being allowed to make a mistake in front of people, and and you know, I've been critical of it, but I but I completely am all about it because. it it was something that was necessary because you're right, like we were going this this path where we had all these stereotypes in place and there was no room for any kind of movement and the powers that be made sure of that. And then all of a sudden people were like, wait, wait, no, there's, all kinds of there's there's a spectrum of black people it's not just the ghetto lady from the projects mm-hmm. it's very educated people who who also happen to be black there's very smart there's dumb asians you know there's dumb asians who right. drive great you know like you know what I'm saying. like there's a spectrum of shit going on here and and to reckon like and that needed to be recognized and, yeah. and 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 maybe it went you know like there was some stuff um you know, maybe there was it, it, it went off maybe in the wrong way. But no, it didn't. It was fine. Like, it was I good. Saw that...
1: them, I call <sighs> them the super woke. The super... <laughs> the super woke. Those are the ones who never sleep. That's why every little <laughs> comment is like, what'd you say? What'd you say? What's that mean? Uh-uh. Like, they the, they're the super woke.
0: <laughs> the super woke is making sure that you are, you better be woker. You better be the wokest. The uh, wokest. <laughs> The yeah, and and that's cool. You know, like you know, more power to those people who are who are out there. You know, being the hall monitor. Um, but it, it uh, but what I find is sometimes that that ideology, like that stringent ideology ends up eating itself in some ways. And uh, oh, yeah,
1: most definitely. But, you know, I don't blame them either, because look at a wound when you have a wound and the scab comes off. It's still fresh under there. Mm. It's still sensitive. So I feel with time, you know, it, it'll balance out. Us, but you know, bless their hearts, as the old folks used to say, bless the word, bless their hearts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, because it, it, you're right, and and it was um, it always seems like there's an extreme. And then there's, you know, like so it has to be balanced out, you know, then there's the opposite extreme. And then we kind of gotta balance it out a bit and then and, and kind of figure out what the medium ground is. It seems mm-hmm. to be that way. Especially when you look at it politically, like, you know, we got eight years of Democrat, and then there's eight years Republican, and
1: you know, the illusion of that. choice oh is there. Stop, why would you say that? Eight years Republican,
0: no, shut it down. <laughs> oh, I'm with, I'm. I'm sorry, I'm just saying, I was just saying in general, I'm not, I'm, I mean, that was a big extreme change too. I mean, from the I'm most like kidding. confident and like well-spoken, educated man to like a fucking carnival barker, fucking just <laughs> grabbing women by the pussy and fuck, you know, like it's just, <sighs> god damn it. What the fuck me. happened? <laughs> Every day is just something else. It's too much. It is too much. It it is too much. I you know, I would like to switch gears here a little. I would love to talk about your experience with Second City. I'm a right. I am I love uh, I'm uh, well, I was taking uh classes at uh what's the joint in Ann Arbor? God, I always forget. Pointless. The, the pointless. Point three, yes. So, I I was just taking classes over there until um well, until COVID cancel yeah. yeah so but i it was one of those things where i knew that it would be very helpful especially for the podcast it would be very helpful just in my everyday life and i even think yeah. i said that on the first day i was like um really i'm hoping that this will fix me <laughs>
1: uh oh, fix me as a human being you it just breaks your worse." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, the thing was is that it definitely helped in the fact that um I feel like now I can sort of uh, work as a team with someone who doesn't even know I'm working with them as a team. You know what I mean? Like yeah. being able to receive, uh, I guess, gifts that people give you and and sort of <laughs> You're holding.
1: Using the- your terminology. Oh Come yeah, on, you know,
0: I'm doing it. I'm receiving gifts and shit. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was very helpful in, 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 in I mean, it's still like, I'm still like realizing all the things that kind of helped me with in my life life and not just being an improver. but also I found it very fucking exciting to do. I mean, it's a totally different thing for me. I was scared shitless. I haven't been scared shitless to get on a stage in a long time. <laughs> um, you know, so like it's a, it was, it was a definite, like a, a definite cool, uh, change for me. Uh, I'm just curious uh, how you got into it and how what brought you to improv and what brought you to Second City, considering Second City is Second City.
1: Correct. Uh, just, man, a blessing uh, is all I can really call it. So here's my story of a lovely Midwest actress. Out of high school, I answered an ad in a paper, um, for these kids shows and they go on tour it was with an awesome company called brainstormers and they were based out of royal oak so i went and really all they made it was all improv and sketch comedy wasn't really too familiar with that but i'm a playful person so they basically said all you have to do is play and there's some structure now here it is and go so I got the job, and for the next four years, I toured around the Midwest, uh, doing about 200 kids shows a year, maybe more. Um, it's all a blur because it was <laughs> I was literally out of uh, town five days a week, and then we'd come back on the weekends, and then head back out Sunday night. Yeah. So long story longer. <laughs> I I uh, get back in town. I decided to come off tour because I just had a vision of me still doing that when I was 40. And I was like, oh, I don't want to stagnate my career. Let's, you know, come back in town and see what there is to see. I learned a lot about the profession um, and the uh, uh, the business of acting, but a lot, a lot about improv just in my stint there. Went and auditioned unwillingly for uh, a <laughs> comedy and TV show um, that, called switch play tv after my second city run so um it ended up the going for the kids audition launched me into improv probably the next 10 years or more after that so I met someone um, when I came back on tour who was actually on the main or actually I think she was an understudy the touring company of second city her name was Tiffany Jones uh, amazing brilliant Improv artist. Uh, and she said, oh, you should come They uh, and audition for the conservatory program. And I'm like, oh, it's too much money and I want to audition. I don't know if I want to keep doing improv, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, you're great. You would fit in great. Come. And also they have scholarships. So me being the cheap and person that I am and also quote unquote starving artist, I was like, free, great. I know I can win a scholarship, you know. So <laughs> I go. Sure enough, I won a scholarship and I was able to go to Second City and complete the conservatory program. Um man, it was just it was an experience unlike any other experience, especially because so many uh, people who were there when I was there, just done amazing things. Um, I was uh, instructed by some great ones. Antoine McKay. He was uh, in um, Empire the first season. He was a cookie cousin that got killed hmm. by the river. Um, he. I took a couple classes from him. Um, Jamie Moyer. She is a brilliant actress. Uh has been on kings of queens and uh, just I, I can't even list everything um sam and uh, dave from the detroiters were also uh there when i was there um the creators of detroiters they were uh i want to say sam was in a class right behind me i think is that uh, is
0: that uh sam is he uh what the detroiters is he the dude that walks around with a camera and stuff is uh, he go by like sammy or something
1: yeah
0: okay okay i think
1: think that's what he goes by um yeah he uh can't remember his name on ig i I think i follow him actually you probably chances are you do but (laughs) uh yeah he uh they created the detroiters show, which is on comedy central i want to say in there i don't know what season they've been going for a minute um and uh my friend who was on the touring company, which was their version of the understudies, uh, was worked on main stage with uh, Keegan, Michael Keyes, who was always floating around the building and was super nice, although I did not get to take his class because that was around the time that he was actually heading out to Hollywood. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Yeah, I knew he was um, from just, Detroit. Uh, That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So Okay, keep going, please.
1: Oh, and uh, Walter Harris, he was in um he played will smith's character in the spoof superhero movie what was that called
0: oh where he's drunk all the time and shit.
1: yeah oh. well yeah the, the, but it was a spoof superhero movie of that movie oh oh it was, it was a spoof of that. of that movie okay i see it yeah i don't um, i don't know shoot i have to look it up this is all you know in early 2000s but uh they a lot of them are still doing um, amazing things. So it was just a great time to be at Second City then. it was We were in the heart of Detroit at that time, right downtown, and uh, just some amazing talent came through. A lot of a good people and good things. And a lot of them are still doing things like uh, PJ uh, Jack Oates. He's uh, opened up um, the spot in Ferndale, Go Comedy, after uh, his stint at Second City. And then uh, working with uh, Margaret and Ed. Uh, uh, I, don't know, I think last name Bartoski, um, who do Planet Ant. So seeing how we all started in this nucleus, which was Second City, and even though our branch in Detroit faded away, seeing how everybody branched off and continued the improv tradition, um, it's pretty awesome as well. Uh, Dave Davies was there when I was there. Uh, a lot of people that just with just a lot of uh, extraordinary talent. Um, so it's cool to see this next generation um, out here, which still has some of the old people I see. I say old people, <laughs> like I'm not them, I guess, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just amazing. I still have a great love of improv. I started moving away from the improv scene um, and not necessarily, just really because of opportunities came in other areas, but I still enjoy sketch and actually am planning on, um, doing some sketches i've I produced some of my own things in the past, a couple of uh, live shows, and um, like I said, I worked on a sketch right after Second City. I worked on a sketch comedy television show. It was called Switch play TV. It was a number one show in Michigan for several years. I want to say about six maybe, and we spent off and did live sketch comedy shows from that as well. So my heart is in sketch and uh, and improv and i I teach kids uh musical theater, and a large format um of my classing classes is uh improv and team building through improv what um
0: what are some of the what are some of the big <laughs> things that you took away from improv that's informed you on
1: uh on your acting listening yeah is the number one thing that that quick remembering, listening, um, that quick recall um, is one of the big ones. But I use that in my everyday life as well, being able to remember people's names um, through rhyming or, you know, through some little improv game that I've created in my own head. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, being able to respond quickly, uh, especially when things go not as expected, let's say. So in live theater, you know, if someone forgets a line or something Strange happens that is out of the ordinary because from what you rehearsed because, you know, it being live, you never know what's going to happen. Um, improv has definitely helped me to be able to pick up the pieces in a way that doesn't jar the audience too much from um, the reality of the piece. Um, being able to keep them in the moment, let's say. Um, let's see. Uh Teamwork, most definitely. Um, one of my favorite improv artists is actually John Ritter. It wasn't until I got into improv that I realized how many TV shows and movies are all improv games, like the whole movie. They've got a really bare minimum storyline and are playing improv games throughout the whole movie. Pineapple Express is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, anything with Ben Stiller in it, they do a yeah. lot of that. In Jack Black. Um,
0: yeah, Joe DePato is or however you say his fucking last name, he's he's pretty re- he's pretty known for for just having yeah. entirely improv scenes just like just loosely thrown together, just like, here you go, give me
1: millions yeah. of dollars. But but because they work. And when yeah, you get people course. who are really good at mm-hmm. improv in those scenarios. It's it's gold. It's prices. And that's the beauty also in filming it. You know, I love watching the bloopers of these movies that incorporate so much improv more than ever because that's where you really get to see the gold. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't make it. They, they've come up with 13 different uh, words for this same thing and all of them are golden so how do you pick the one you know right so. and, and
0: it's cool it kind of shows you a pro their process of getting to wherever and even though it's mm-hmm. like the editor's choice of what they're going to use or whatever but it's mm-hmm. still like you're you're almost seeing a part of their process to to get it. i love the um i love uh i don't know if you ever watched any of, like the ass cat stuff like upright citizens brigade Mm-hmm. So like, they do the ASCAT thing, and then what I found on YouTube was they did an ASCAT, and if anybody doesn't know what ASCAT is, it's an improv game where they have someone come on, they do a uh, an improv uh, monologue with a suggestion from the audience, and then from that monologue, the rest of the team... They play out certain aspects of that monologue. So that's basic ass cat rules, whatever. Uh, but what they did was is that Matt Besser and Ian whatever, uh, the guys in the UBC, they uh, or UCB sorry. Uh, they they did a, um, oh shit, they did a uh, a breakdown. Uh, what do they call it? commentary? They did a commentary video of the episode, so oh, they nice. yeah they sat out and they're just like okay so you, right now you can see that I just gave Ian the gift and gift is and Ian decided to go big with it you know like and they're like talking and terminology and they're it, uh-huh. it's so fucking good to see, like awesome to see those. uh see how people's process of how they arrive at these ideas and how they get there and and the idea and of, oh,
1: instantaneous and it goes exactly. back to once again in improv I think set that basis for what we've been kind of talking about this whole time is being present being in the moment exactly. you can't think ahead too much at all really in improv because now you're in your head and you've missed a gift that someone's trying to give you so you have to just be there and be reactive and yes and yes anding is another thing that I took away from improv uh because yes and is life imagine if all these politicians yes and it <laughs> versus just giving all of this uh negative energy and pu- push and pull energy if we just kept giving and giving instead of taking and taking it would be a totally different society if more people yes and <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. <laughs> Shit, man, you're right. It's like let's just have a little
1: uh a little work together here. Can we can we just work together a little bit here? They all could benefit, especially our American government. Could benefit from like an improv team building session. I think
0: <laughs> <laughs> they need. Yeah, I, it's so funny when uh, it's like because you know like they have those corporate uh, improv things that they do for team building. and You do it too. If they had like this political team building <laughs> improv. That yeah session, maybe maybe they would get somewhere maybe we could uh figure some shit out i don't know
1: seriously seriously, um, i think so
0: with uh so y- y- uh, you're talking about switch play tv so what uh, what did you how what was the capacity you worked on that
1: that was an amazing project as well and and you know i always say oh it was amazing amazing people but i think that's really just a level of talent that's here uh in michigan because i I swear everything I've worked on, I've just been like, geez, these are some talented motherfuckers and I'm so blessed to be able to like absorb and work with them. Like everybody's story is amazing and But um, I worked with some of the Some great people for many, many years um, On Switch Play TV Uh, It was a local production That ended up airing nationally Through uh, Dish Network And we got some great ratings We were always number one in our time slot Uh, We were hard I called it hardcore progressive comedy Mm. Um, It was sketch comedy and improv So we wrote a lot of uh, Very risque uh, Even for the early For the mid 2000s Uh, some risque things. Um, I think in my mind, uh, none of it was frivolous. A lot of it was really to just explore, uh, other ideas and open your mind. I, my motto, I guess you will in comedy is if it makes you uncomfortable, um, that's not a bad thing because now we're examining why you're uncomfortable with something that's meant to be funny Yeah, and let's, let's get to the root of what that is about. So, um, Sometimes we made people uncomfortable. A lot of times we um, made people roll on the floor laughing and, and forget their cares for an hour. Um It was sketch comedy and music videos on the TV portion, and then we started doing live stage productions as well. We used to have a Hastings Street ballroom there in Midtown area, um, and uh, it was a great time. We were we created all our own content. We had we were totally self sufficient. Uh, We had our own writers, our own production team, our own actors, Um, and we even trained our own actors. I became an instructor uh, because of my background in Second City. We did a lot of improv um, and sketch comedy. So uh, I had gotten pretty high up as far as helping to produce and direct and write as well uh, within um, that outlet. And it was just uh, amazing. I don't think there's been anything like it since.
0: I was just, uh, I, I, was, I was hoping that I could do a quick search on YouTube and just pull it up, but nothing's really coming up on the first. Uh, so long ago.
1: There are some people who have um, a few of the sketches, maybe that have been edited, but it was so long ago. And, you know, when you do um, work for other media and production companies, they own the rights. So. Right. So that's probably locked in a vault somewhere. Yeah, the to be released at their bidding, which is <laughs> unfortunate, but because it was some really great work that was turned out and some great characterization. Um, I we were a lot like uh, in a Living Color mm-hmm. or uh, uh, Saturday Night Live, but more like a Mad TV at the time because we were a little more hardcore than like a Saturday Night Live.
0: Yeah, I I used to like yeah. Mad TV over SNL, like just mm-hmm. in we, the earlier days before. before I mean, like. Y- before it kind of went to shit but like yeah like it, it, mm-hmm. it was i love those uh god they had these claymation thing the claymation shorts yeah. i love those so much because they would have it would just be hard like davy and goliath and like davy's just shooting people like their his parents or what it's just like the most horrific shit but it's claymation yeah. so you could just do whatever it's that i just remember just glomming onto that and just being like this is amazing
1: uh, but... what they were doing because it was pushing the envelope you know um and that's what i like that you can't be afraid to press the envelope and whatever you're doing you know
0: and i think that's some of the reason why i have a problem with the woke movement not a problem with the woke. I'm, I'm not gonna, i gotta stop saying i have a problem <laughs> with the woke. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with it there's aspects of it that i don't like and that is when, they're, when you're trying to edit comedy. It's mostly comedy. It's like trying to edit right. comedians, trying to edit co- uh, comedy, comedians on TV trying to just make a point. And like you said, if it makes people uncomfortable, there's probably a deeper issue to it. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that by taking that off the table, by the, taking the idea of making people question their own uh, feelings and, and and shit their identity and everything, I think it's dangerous because people should be questioning what they do. They should be giving it a second thought, you You know, like maybe it shouldn't just be this reactive, like fucking ah, fuck you, and I hope your kids come down with lupus. You know, maybe it should be. You know, I I just think that to erase all of it, you know, just to edit comedians and uh, in that art form especially is just dangerous. And and well,
1: one thing I've never understood is when it comes to Twitter and texting and all these beefs and all the you. Yes, we are reactionary people as a whole, I would say. Human beings react. And then some of us among us are able to think before we actually let things out (laughs) in a reactionary way. However, when you are texting or um, online, you have an opportunity to really plot and plan what you want to say. So the fact that these things are coming out... Uh, so hastily and so angrily and uh, it's very disturbing to me. I I do feel like, oh, that's another one. Um, I I feel uh, for improv uh, techniques, you know how, I don't know how far you got into your uh, learning, but did they talk about how the first thing that comes out of your mouth is not going to be the funniest, try and get to the second or third thing? Um. No, we never
0: got there, but they did always try to say, like, you know, come to the stage with an empty mind, and so, like, Mm -hmm. and then just go, so maybe they were getting to that, I don't know.
1: Probably, because you do have to have a blank mind for the preconceived, so in the more advanced levels, uh, they talk about, uh, there's a game called the Bell Game, and this is one of the games that they are probably using in these movies when, when you start seeing um, improv games incorporated in the bell game is basically, you know, you're in the scene, um, which is always, you know, you have your setting, you have uh, make it about each other. um, And as whatever is unfolding in the scene at any time, The person who is announcing or calling the game can tap a bell, ding. Mm. And if you hear the ding, whatever you just said, you have to change it immediately without thinking. Okay. So if I was to say to you, um, gosh, Mike, your plant is huge. And someone says, ding, Ding. gosh, Mike, your kid is huge. Ding, "Ding." gosh, Mike, your butt is huge. You know, like, (laughs) and it could go on forever or, The rule, you generally, most people will ring it three times because that is preparing you with the thought of, if you can, the first thing that comes out of your head may not be the funniest, try and get to that second or third, because that's going to be the one that really hits. Mm -hmm. So if these super woke folks um, would actually take the time to maybe not type the first thing that came to mind maybe you'll type the second or third thing because <laughs> usually by the time you get to number three you've had a second to breathe you've looked at the comment again and realized okay it wasn't as bad as I felt like it was initially all right I'm gonna say something else instead or not say anything at all yeah. I think it would be a better situation for yeah, most and people that go, yeah <laughs>
0: that goes beyond super woke people too <laughs> it goes to right, the general yes. population of Earth. <laughs> it's like yes. let's take a second, and that's what I was kind of saying is that like you know comedy makes us question things through through humor, and to to take that off the table I think is dangerous because well I mean we should be questioning ourselves we should be uh, trying to understand ourselves as people as a society. And art and comedy and all that helps us do that. And bettering ourselves through it, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh so what what is there any kind of roles or any kind of any kind of projects that you wanna do? Like after this is all done, all this COVID bullshit, is there any anything that you would wanna do or any kind of role that you would want?
1: Well, I have said that this year for me was going to be about uh, manifestation. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had several projects kind of floating in my head or floating on some paper uh, in different formats that I'd like to develop into um, different things. So last year um, I kind of started Figuring out, okay, I'd like this to be a, a stage show. Well, how would I produce that? How would I go about that? Well, this one could be a short. Okay, how how would this look? How will we shoot this? Um, how will we edit this? So I've, I've kind of um, solidified what project I, I want to get started working on. So there's a couple um, short films I'd like to do. Um, and there's one that I'm figuring out how I could develop it economically into a stage show. Um, to produce. And then there is actually a musical that I've been kind of working on for the past, I'd say three years at this point, that I would like to try and at least get some kind of stage viewing, if nothing else, of um, by the end of the year to see what the feedback is and how to proceed, maybe get some funding to get it going. So um, as far as roles, I kind of just roll with the punches. I, um I'm blessed to be, and honored to be able to, a lot of times, be called upon pawn for things. Um, and obviously, auditions aren't really happening too much. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> there were supposed to be auditions this week for things for next year and over the next month or so. Um, but I'm just looking for whatever it brings, whatever my artistic journey brings to me. I'm always humble and grateful and, and ready for whether I think I am or not. So um, I'm just going to continue on uh, this path and keep seeing where it takes me because I've met and had some amazing opportunities thus far. So I figure whatever's happening, I'm going to keep doing it, going in the right direction and uh, spreading out in my t- territory, let's say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. my legs. <laughs> yeah, pre- press, on, um, press on with passion. I love it. Um, uh, so we're we're wrapping up here. Uh, well, I've been adding this on lately to the last few people I've been talking to. So I'm just gonna do it with you. I was like, uh, do you have a message for people listening to this who are uh to people who are just sequestered in their homes? might have some kind of existential anxiety that they need to let out uh do you have anything to say to those people who are just sitting in their home sort of kind of you know mildly freaking out and sort of maybe (laughs) hating their wife or husband or whatever you know i mean which is not my Mm -hmm. situation by the way i don't want anybody uh projecting that (laughs) i haven't wanted to choke my wife out yet but Maybe.
1: statistically those kinds of things happen more when you cooped up with <laughs> your abusers all day. So there are people who are dealing with that. Yeah. Which is and, um, awful. That's just terrible. Yeah. But you know, thank goodness it's not you and it's also not me. So, okay. you know, for those of us, I would say, and even for those who are dealing with those kinds of things, um, fight the good fight, you know, not in the literal sense, but, um, of course in the figurative sense of it's all a mental battle at this point. Um, So try and stay positive, try and keep your mental space as clear as you can. Um, And then also to just absorb it. It, We're living in historical times. Um, um, Absorb it, absorb every moment of it, the good and the bad, because it's all going to paint a a canvas in the end that's going to be rich and filled with uh, purpose. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, whatever happens out of this, uh, on the other side, there's certainly going to be a lot to express. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, as as a musical person, I'll leave it with this. It's been a long, long time coming, but you know, a change gonna come. Yes, it is.
0: Kay Edmund, you're an angel. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me and God bless y'all and be safe and everyone out there be safe and healthy and bring in love and light Uh, Kate, how can people get a hold
0: of you? Uh, I know you're not really taking a lot of pictures right now, but I know you got a media company or in, you know, for the future uh, How can people find you online? How can people get a hold of you?
1: Now that I'm in a better mind space, I'm trying to uh, get back online. So I'd love to interact with you guys online I am on um, Instagram, KEE313. You can find me most everywhere. I stay on Instagram uh, more and Facebook, K Um Come hang out, we'll interact. I'd love to know if you heard me here on this awesome podcast, well, um, and we can connect. That's oh, cool. Snapchat too, everything KEE313, find me.
0: All right. And I'll put those in the show notes so people can just go click and go right to you and friend you and and start the conversation. Kate, uh, you take care of yourself as well. And and I appreciate your time and and your story.
1: It really is my pleasure. Love you guys for life.
0: Thank you so much, Kay. I truly appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story with us, and and being honest, and 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 that it was great, right? Wasn't that great? I, I this was one of the one. I mean, these I gotta say, the, ever since the pandemic, I've been just having fire ass conversations with people, and this is one of the best best ones of the situation. Um, so uh, I, I mean, like they've all been great. That's what's so crazy is like every conversation I've been having. Since this pandemic started, it's just been fan fucking tastic. So make sure you're checking out K. Edmonds. Um, she has her Instagram at k.e.e. three one three. You can follow her there. Um, she's also on Facebook as um, Kalise Kalise Edmonds. I don't know if she's using that, but she also has K. Edmonds uh, Media. Uh, which is on Facebook as well, and kedmondsmedia.com. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Please go through and click and support Miss Edmonds. Okay, so um, I just want to address a couple things real quick. (laughs) Uh, I I put my foot in my mouth, but I think it goes in in line with what I was saying is – we have to be allowed to make mistakes, and I'm, refer- I'm referencing this conversation I just had with Kay, and I feel like I should go back through and just make sure that people don't think that I'm some kind of, like, racist asshole who is against the woke movement, because that is not it at all, and uh, I-, I don't know if I explained myself well enough during this conversation, because half of me was sort of embarrassed, and the other half of me was, you know, trying to explain myself because i had just said this is because i kept saying i had a problem with the woke movement and i don't have a problem with the woke movement because it's a necessity what i have a problem with is editing and 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 uh, and telling people what they can and cannot say because that can lead to a dangerous thing we need to be able to make mistakes and we need to know where the line is and and that's why comedians are so important for society um it, they they let us know where the line is and and if they go too far well <laughs> they went too far maybe they lose their career or maybe they just get a bunch of hate mail or hate tweets or whatever uh, y- you know it, it, it just depends on the situation but you know I, I'm not against the woke movement I just I don't like the idea of people trying to control other people what they can or cannot say I don't know if that makes sense to you uh, it's kind of it's kind of tyrannical <laughs> uh, and, and here's the thing is that those kind of ideas can move up the chain on the political spectrum and um, you know we're we're kind of seeing things like that right now where we're seeing people in different in different parts of the country kind of telling people what they can and cannot do and some of some states and some governments are going too far with it some are not going far enough you know with this stay at home order uh it's just, there's been protest in Detroit where Kay is from and um you know so you got to understand that being told what to do, being told how to act is, is, um, is a very anti-American thing. It's <laughs> very anti-American. And I know there's protests in the streets right now. And I, I don't think that people should be gathering in masses to protest, not gathering in masses. <laughs> um, I, I think that, that, that this is kind of antithetical to the situation, especially when we're trying to flatten the curve. Which just simply means we're trying to uh, um, circumvent overwhelming our healthcare industry by staying inside and trying not to get sick. So it's not—it doesn't mean that you're not going to get sick by flattening the curve and staying inside. It just means that when you do eventually get sick, that you'll be able to go to the hospital without, you know, just dead bodies everywhere in the lobby and, you know, just the worst thing you can imagine. Uh, of an overrun hospital so i just want to sort of clarify that i just don't want people thinking that uh mikey is against the woke movement that is so fucking stupid like of course of course the, the all this shit was necessary this this me too the black lives matter all of this shit was necessary we needed this, we needed it so people could be shown, and it could be put in people's faces, what people of color have been facing for years, or what people, uh, you know, uh, LGBTQ, sorry I don't know the rest of the fucking letters, but what people have been facing their old lives, you know, for, for, for a long time, and it's just now kind of coming to the forefront and where it's mainstream. These ideas are are becoming mainstream, which is fantastic. But then you can go too far in one direction. So it's all about balance. It's all about balance. Like, it's just, um, you know, we had fucking an amazing uh, Obama as president for eight years. And, you know, like the liberal agenda, quote unquote, was pushed to the limit. And, you know, it disenfranchised a bunch of people. And now we have fucking Trump and this is just the 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 sways of balance you know it's just what happens it's it's how it always happens and not that i care for our current leadership um but it is a part of i don't know i guess it's just a part of how the ebb and flow of 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 information and ideas i don't know anyways just so you guys know, I'm not a racist piece of shit. I, I, I enjoy the fact that there's way more diversity on TV. Um, <laughs> it's nice to, to see actual shapes of people, you know, and not just these skinny little well-fit people and, you know, uh, only of one shade or, you know, it, it, when I grew up. I mean, it's so interesting to think about that. Like when I was growing up as a young teenager that... <laughs> To, you didn't see very many black faces on uh, TRL other than rappers, and um, you know, like uh, you didn't, it, just to see the diversity of of what what people like as in beauty. Uh, it's just been so interesting. I mean, because when I was growing up, it was just skinny little white girls with no ass, and now it's like she better have an ass, you know. <laughs> And and that's fantastic for me because I've always been a fan of ass. And so it's only worked out in my benefit that ass has become trendy. So, I mean, you know, I, I but it speaks to a whole to a wider uh, subject, which is the acceptance of different kind of body types other than what was sold and packaged to us um, for a long time. You know, so it's a. Uh, I don't know. It, it this it, it, it's a weird time to be alive, but god damn it, it's fucking fantastic as well. So, uh, uh, I'm having a good time with all of this. I mean, this pandemic is terrible and I hope that no one is suffering too much right now that's listening to this. I know there's people suffering out there, but um you know, for me personally, it's been a great awakening and and refocusing and retooling time for me so i I hope it's that for you i hope that at the end of this when we're able to go back into the real world and be friends and shake hands and hug and all that stuff um i hope that at the end of this you have accomplished something whether even if it's just you accomplished rest you 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 took fucking you know three to six months off just enjoy that enjoy your family and i'm gonna say this i'm gonna keep saying it I'm mean, going to keep saying it. Do whatever it takes to keep your mind off of, you know, the horrors that are lurking out on the streets right now. Uh, I mean, you can't forget about that because you got to be very cognizant of, of the horrors, but um, it shouldn't be all you think about. And if if you don't feel like being creative, if you don't feel like doing that, that's fine. You can just sit there and watch Netflix and binge out because think about... Think about, uh, I mean, like if if you're just someone who got laid off from a factory and you've been working for the last 20 years. I mean, Jesus Christ, a break is a need to go in day in, day out, pushing a button, doing the same thing over and over again. However your life is in a factory or whatever your life is in a job that you may or may not like. When's the last time you were afforded an extended vacation, a paid extended vacation, by the way? It's very interesting that people are, are literally being paid to stay home, and they just can't. <laughs> America, I love this fucking country, man. I fucking love this country so much. I think it's, it's just fucking number one to me. And even the people out there protesting, even though I don't agree with you, uh, I, I, do fucking virtual protests, okay? Like I agree, protest. You don't, you're not happy with staying home. Fine, I do whatever you gotta do don't spread the disease even more like that's just it's horrible it's horrible but I'm all about protest I'm all about uh, I'm all about fucking Kaepernick taking a knee I'm all about the fucking KKK and shit it, it's uh, it, that sounds very extreme differences but it all falls under the fact that it's just part of our right as Americans to do these things so um I love America I love it. It's fucking... I don't always agree with our government, but god damn it, I'm fucking proud American. I'm proud American, that's right. Okay, guys, that's enough out of me. I think I've rambled on too much. Uh, let's see. Let's get some business out of the way. Uh, Rain of Mystique, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E. Go check her out on Twitch, and um, uh, she's she's going today, live today at 4 p.m. Eastern, so check that out if you hear this before then. Um But even if you missed it today, you can come back next Wednesday. But, uh, uh, yeah, check out the latest single Chloroform from Ray Mystique and The Concrete Project. Um, You can like, subscribe, review the podcast. Like us on Facebook, Instagram. You can subscribe to us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube where you find tutorials, silly shit, silly videos, music reviews. uh, I mean, gear reviews, some. I don't know. I'm not going to probably do very much of that anymore. But <laughs> I will want, as I get new gear, I'll I just I'll probably make a video. Anyways, uh, let's see. Where are we at? Write the show at good at gmail.com. And I think that's it. That's it. Okay. I think we're done. Uh, all right, folks. I will see you or, or talk to you guys next week, which I can give you an idea of who. I'm sorry, about. by the way, if you're hearing all this shit right here. I don't have my normal mic, and I'm using a sock as a pop, pop filter, which works kind of. Uh, and so, it's been rubbing up on my beard every once in a while. And I, I apologize, because, once again, I am in the laundry room um, being loud at a very early time in the morning. So, I'm trying not to wake up my family. And, God damn it, I forgot what I was looking up, so... It doesn't matter anymore so who cares that's it all right folks take care of your fellow human beings oh yeah I remember what it was I was gonna tell you who next week's guest is jeez come on guys oh awesome so next week's guest is Peapod yay Peapod comes back to the show he is a local DJ here in Toledo Ohio he is a DJ for several radio stations um, He. Fucking great dude. Also has an awesome podcast about music from the Midwest. Specifically, it is called On the the On the Radar Podcast. He also does uh, the On the Radar Radio Show uh, every Sunday, where he at six p.m. Eastern on oh Jesus one hundred point seven The Zone in Toledo, Ohio. So, if you're interested in local uh, Toledo, Ohio music. Tune in. He also plays segments from the podcast. I mean, he's fucking... Uh, he's doing awesome things here in Salido. And and just for himself, personally. He's just... i li- And he's such a nice dude, too. He's just a nice guy. It's fucking yay, Peapod. Okay, so next week, Peapod. Oh, and then we start in for... Oh, my God. Then we have... And then we have a, a whole world of people next. So, um... <sighs> We just got some great fucking podcasts coming up. So stay tuned. Stay subscribed. I love you guys. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. I'll see you next week with people.